Welcome to Talking to Yourself. I'm your host, Chris Chase. This week's episode features none other than my friend, Misha Watson. Misha is the host of her, a show with her name in it, which is a major flex. Hey, Misha, on Yes TV. And prior to that, she used to be on YTV, which was one of my favorite channels growing up. My conversation with Misha was so much fun because we simply laughed the entire time. There is an energy to Misha that is unparalleled to many who I have met. There is a creativity that she has to be able to see things that other people can't see, to believe in things when nobody else believes and to be able to create things that people think can never be done. Not only is she the host of her own show, she produces the show, she writes the show, she created the show. And she has her own team, all this stuff. And she, at this young age, has just this empire that she's building. Now, this empire is for the Lord. She get mad at me for saying that. But it's so crazy and so amazing to see my friend shine. And we worked on uh, a, a project together a, year, um, a couple, a, a little year ago called Today's Teens. And the way I actually met Misha was I had done this, this, you know, here I am talking about myself on the show, but you know, forgive me. And I got a chance to share at this, at this event. And Misha sent me the kindest, uh, kindest note back, just encouraging me in, in something that I love doing, which is communicating. And ever since then, just back and forth, just whether it's funny DMs about our, our culture or encouraging words here and there. I'm just so happy that Misha Watson is a part of my life. I, I really appreciate her as, as a friend and as a sister. And I know that you're going to appreciate her voice in this conversation as we go back to a certain point in time in her life. So strap in, get into the DeLorean or, you know, the time cop, you know, whatever, whatever, best-selling author, four times New York, times Shay Serrano ruined my whole flex. Let's jump into the DeLorean and let's travel back with my friend Misha Watson titled this week Black Girl Magic. Check it out. You're the you're the babysitter who's like, did you leave twenty dollars on the counter for pizza at the end of this thing? <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. Maybe like Thai food. I feel like the kids that come watch my show, they have okay. all Thai food and like, okay. food and like you know different kind of mix ups, mix ups. So, so how you how how you doing, Misha? How you, how are, how are things? How how you keeping? Wow, um, that's like such an intense question. I feel like right now I'm in I'm in a renaissance period. There's a lot of things that are changing. I'm Ooh. I'm realizing that. Um, God is doing a thing and I don't know what it is and that's okay. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. When people ask like specifically what's going on, I'm like, I I can't give you an update. Really? Something's happening. I'm asking more questions these days to God. Like, like, uh, okay. How about this God? No. Okay. How about this? This? Okay. Okay. More like that as opposed to saying this and this, I just know something's happening and it feels like, Funnily enough, the year that we're going to discuss today, it feels like that time again, again, yeah. but different, but different too. like, like for, for, for right. Interesting. Yeah. So, you, yeah. okay. So basically you're coming in both guns blazing. You're like, yo, I'm ready to go because there, there's something like brewing yes. in my life right now. Yeah. So, so you've been, you've been doing this, you've been, 
I don't want to use the words famous because I know that you hate that word, but like, but you've been out here doing, doing work for a while now. Yes. Is it uncomfortable being in a space now where you're like, I don't know. Is that like, or, or do you, or do you like embrace the, the, do you embrace the invitation of Kaya going, all right, new adventures. I don't know what this means. I'm not sure. Like, where do you find yourself on that scale? Are you like, this is petrifying and I need uh-huh. to know the answers? Or are you kind of like, everywhere the wind blows doesn't really <laughs> matter to me, to me. Like, where do you find yourself? And you're welcome. I just sang two minutes into this it. thing. Like, I really appreciate that so much. I needed that this morning. Um, honestly, I am embracing it currently. I am embracing it. Um, the, my whole career has been. I'm reading this book right now called Bamboozled by Jesus. The way God oh, Yvonne, Yvonne. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Good. And she speaks to me because I genuinely feel like I have no idea what God is doing. But when I'm in those spaces in my careers, last 10 years, it's always been um, before a serious revelation or something that not necessarily a big thing, but I've come to an understanding about myself as a, as a person, as right. a woman of God. And so I'm like, okay, God, whatever it is, I'm going to write it down. So I actually literally brought my diary to this meet today because I've been keeping a diary since I was 11 years old. And this one, the discipline, the discipline, speak that the discipline. I recommend it. I, can, I, I can't even find like grocery lists that I had from last week. And you're like, I've been, I've been writing down things in the drawers. I was 11 years old, man. Already, yeah. already, already my esteem is like, I need to step my game up like 25 fold. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm going to go. Through- it was, though, it's like I left England at 14. So I felt like at that time I was like, I think it's important. I, I'd like document my life because I'm on this new journey and this new adventure. Fair enough. Yeah, so yeah. I kept it up from then. Not every day, but when big, big and with the hills and valleys, I should call it hills and valleys by Misha Lorraine Watson. <laughs> Listen, I'm 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 finna hit up Indigo like right after this. Be like, yo, I, I need all your journals, please. I need Ooh. all of them. <laughs> do it, do it. So do I it. I cut you off. I cut you off. So you brought you brought your you brought your journal in because yeah, I brought my journal in because it was just a, I was reading it just to kind of in preparation for this, and it just reminded me that um, okay, I'm doing another like tangent here, but there's a song called Rock of Ages. Um, I kiss. I, I've learned to kiss the waves that throw me against the Rock of Ages. Wow. Okay. And it's essentially talking about how you get excited for uh, trials in your life. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not there. I'm not there. I don't live there very often either. For the last two years, I've been like, I don't need the waves. I'm ready for the boat to stop shaking, you know? <laughs> However, reading the book, what it does is it helps me to remember that in times when it felt like, and I usually only write in this book when it's literally the highest or the lowest. And page by page, it has been the highest and the lowest. Okay. So it reminds me of God's faithfulness that when I'm at my lowest, he heard me. And when he, I'm at my highest, he's there with me. It's like, I just needed a reminder that I won't sit in this, um, in this valley or in this, uh, on this plateau for very long, that there will be something around the corner, whether it's good or bad, something's going to be happening. And so I just needed kind of, I'm grateful to have those um, diaries to be able to remember that. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm in a place where I know that around the corner from this uh, being, be, um, this uh, kind of like, uh, kind of a bit of a plateau, I guess. I know that God is doing something. He's preparing mm. me for something. And so th- I'm excited about that. So, yeah. So when you, like, when you look at, 
at the length of your career, which has been really successful by, and I know you'll understand what I say is by, by man standards, right? Like, right. like, you know, like not everybody who listens to, who might listen to this will think about things from a God standard or a man standard, but I, under, I know that you understand that lingo that, that, that yes, I'm dropping yes, in, right? for sure. Right. Do you, like, so you, you've been, you've been able to do some really, really, really cool things. You know, you come, you come here, you learn, you grind, and then, you know, God's plan, right? Yeah. And then, and here you are. Do you, when you look back, and we're going to be looking back a lot, right? But when you look back at your career, what are some things that you've learned about yourself? What are some things that you've learned about the industry? What are some things that you've learned about, you know, being, being a young black woman, uh, a, a young woman of faith? Like, what are some things that you've kind of like, you've been like, oh, shoot, man, if I had known this earlier, man, I would have, or if I could have, but I'm glad well, that I, like, what are some things that, like, what are some things that you've gleaned in, in this, in this illustrious career that you've had? <laughs> Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate <laughs> it. And yeah, it is a lot by man standard, but also, um, I, I've had great people around me, so I'm able to see it by um, a person of God as well, in right. the sense that when good things have happened to me, people have been able to like humble me and be like, this is God, don't forget. Like, bet, bet, I, tell, bet. I call my mom, I'm like, mom, I booked this movie. And it should be like, thank God. And I'm like, right, right. I should thank God. That's right. That's right. Of course. You know? God love moms so, for that. God <laughs> love moms for that, for real. Always, always. Um, I'd say there's a lot I've learned, obviously. However, um, looking back now, I can see that huh, so often I questioned uh, if I would ever be, I knew I would be a success. I was, I, I, I didn't have that story of people say like, oh, I felt like I was never going to make it. I just felt like it was going to uh, kind of break me a lot along the way. I was always like, whatever it takes is going to, is going to kill me along the way. I'm going to feel downtrodden. I'm going to feel exhausted. I'm going to be poor forever. I'm going to, even though I'm going to succeed, it's going to be hard the whole way. I felt, felt like there would never be a point where I could go ah, at all. Like I was never going to be able to let it up. And so what that meant was I ignored all um, self-care, any opportunity for me to rest, any opportunity to be quiet and calm. Um, I didn't take any opportunity for someone to tell me that I was making a wrong choice. I wasn't ready to hear it. I was like, if you're not saying yes, then I can't hear it because I'm running and I can't let you slow me down by your negative energy. I wasn't ready to hear it. I was just running, running, running and gunning it. And yes, in a sense, it worked out for me. But now looking back, I'm like, I wish I had learned sooner how to accept criticism. Hmm. I wish I had learned sooner how to um, self-humble, like you know, do it on my own. And so that's part of it. However, on that same note of um, humbling myself, um, I am really confident in my skill, but there have been times along the way where people have made it their job to take away my opportunities and not allow me to live my best life and use all the black girl magic that I have. And Let's to, go. Yeah, yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. I felt like there were, I'm reading back on my diary, just remembering times when I was at this big network and I, and I'm doing so well and I'm loving it. And then I turned to, um, at the time my supervisor and say, Hey, like I would like to start writing. And it was like an uphill battle. And I realized that they didn't actually see any talent in me besides being the black girl on TV who smiles. Mm. Like that was it. Like I was, I was, it was a rude awakening. I was like, Oh, um, 
you actually don't see any quality in me beyond what I, you know, the smiling and the hair and the, you know, the ability to dance. Being a writer, being a producer, to you, you didn't see that. And I was the oldest host uh, on the network at the time when I was at YTV. I was the oldest one there. So I always felt like I had to leave first in a sense. Like I had to like start the next level first. And I felt like I was like, oh my gosh, they're holding me back so hard here. Um, and so I had to fight that and I had to, um, take what they were saying, acknowledge that, it, um, there's a possibility there, it could be true, but then also ensure that it wasn't ensure that I wasn't, uh, this lack of talented woman who's just a smile, ensure that they couldn't deny it. That right. next time they would see me do something, they would say, oh, we got it wrong. I was like, I have to ensure that that's the case. And so that's kind of like what led me to um, the year that we discussed later. But I'd say that's a big one for me was saying like, you know what, if someone doesn't believe in you, make sure they can't deny it. Like work, do everything you can. Ask every single question. Be early at every single meeting. You will not, you will not confuse my talent any longer. So. Okay. So last week I sat down with member of parliament, Marcy Ian. Legend, a legend. Just, it, just. I kept on saying that during our conversation. I said, I kept on saying, I need to say this, Marcy, member of parliament. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because, <laughs> like, we, Marcy and I, we, our kids were in the same nursery together um, at similar church. So I'm like, Ooh. I'm like blown away that I'm sitting down with member of parliament, and we're talking about her her career. Um, talking about her starting in Hamilton and then going national and Canada AM. And it was the exact same thing that she said X amount of years older than, than you. I'm not going to put her age out on the streets. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to do that. I got respect for my sister, but the same sort of idea that someone was like, uh, you don't have it. And she was like, okay. <laughs> you see you? Like, you're like, that's like, I you see you. You see you? Next see time you? you see me, you better know. You better know. You better know. Exactly. Exactly, Misha. Yeah. And and so, and I asked her, I'm like, do you, do you ever wish to go and see the person who denied you? She's like, no, I didn't need to because I knew that that person would see me. Every time they turned on their television, they would see me. And I was like, <laughs> just like, just a wave of just, yes, Lord, just hit yeah. me. Just, yeah. Because like, and I love what you said there, like, like the idea of like be undeniable. Like if, if I work hard and, and you're, you were right, then fine. But if I've worked hard, I've proved you wrong. Not that, not that you're going to walk in there kind of like kicking down the door going like Mm -hmm. I showed you, but like the, the idea of like having that internal confidence to go. No, 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 no. There's something, there's something there. There's something that's in me to at least pursue this and, yeah. and you said it be on time for every meeting Sh- show up show up ready to be do it early. Ask be, be early, early. Get there all this stuff <laughs> and and so and we're gonna get to the year in a couple of seconds but this, this like I'm, I'm goosebumpy i'm intrigued on this like how much of that and you mentioned like the black black girl magic and i'm realizing more so in in the last 18 months the the struggle of the black woman mm-hmm. in Every area of work, not just yours, but if whether you're working at a corner store, whether you're trying to be a CEO, the black woman experience is one that I will always appreciate and never understand. <laughs> that makes sense? And that's mom, sister, cousins, aunties. The, I'll never, I will never fully comprehend 
or appreciate that. How much of your confidence in yourself, in your abilities, because you know what you're good at, you know what you can do, you know what you bring to the table. How much of that is connected to the Black woman experience? And how how valuable has the Black woman experience been in seeing you achieve things that some people said, that's not for you? Mm, yeah. Wow. That's an amazing question. How much of the Black woman experience is a part of what I've done and what I believe in who I am, my identity. It's, 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 it's so important to me because actually the other day I was sitting down on Instagram and I was like, I just love being a black woman. Like despite everything that we go through on a day-to-day basis, I'm like, I would re up every year, like every, every level of video game, I will be the black woman, you know? Um, because ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> that's the best statement i've ever heard in my life every time every time it's true it's like the thing about being a black woman is that um ultimately uh it's like when you go to a different city and there's not a lot of black people and you see a black person you give them the heads up like oh hey how's it going because there's this camaraderie you get with black women it's like that however um I don't know how to, I can only explain it by experiences. You know, when I go to, I was speaking at a church recently, uh, last couple weeks ago and this girl, her hair wasn't looking right. So I was like, just just heads up. Like I gotta fix this for you. Just gotta fix this for you. She's like, okay, girl, never saw her again, but we have each other's back. And I know that, um, I can, there are certain black women that I can call who I don't even really know them that well. I've actually not even met them in person. But when I'm going through a hard time, I can reach out to them and they will be there for me. And it's not even like, uh, I don't even need the hug or whatever. It's like, I got you, sis. Like one woman said to me, her name is Amida. She's one of my mentors. And she said, um, you don't have to be a lion today. You don't have to be a lion today. And I, and, I, and I needed it because it was during such a heavy moment of me being an activist. And I was tired and I... And you know, the whole, uh, strong black woman thing. I was trying to pretend that it was that, that strength was without vulnerability, that strength was only, um, being as strong in the way the world sees it, that being vulnerable and being, um, what the world may see as weak was important to the strength of a, of a black woman as well. I was ignoring all that. And I was so weak and just so like, I have nothing left. And I turned to her, she said, you don't have to be a lion today. And I felt like I could literally throw off the weight because I knew that there were other black women who would stand up for me, who were there for me, who were praying for me, who were standing in the gap for me when I wasn't able to do that. You know, like as a, there's not really many, I don't know if there's any black um, children's producers doing Christian content in Canada at this point. I'm looking for a friend. Where are you? I don't know. But because other black women know that that's the case, they reach out to me, you know, they're checking in on me and that's a really important part of it. Um, also, as a black woman, you want to represent all black women. Even if people say you don't have to represent every single one of us, whatever, but you kind of want to, you know what I'm saying? You want to be your best. And so it does spur you on to make sure that you, you know, double check that email, maybe triple check that email before you send out, make sure the grammar's looking good, make sure your hair's looking good, make sure you're being kind to people, make sure that um, you're being honest and being uh humble. I'll say honest again. You're being honest. You're saying what you really mean. You're taking the time to think about what you put out there. Like all these steps I'm taking because I know I'm the first in a lot of places. And so I want to make sure that I'm setting the groundwork for the black women that follow me, but also for the black women that um, are the reason I'm there. Like, you know, Maggie John, 
Maggie John did it before I did so that I could do it, you know, and she's one of my mentors now. So I, it's like, I'm, I don't have to hold all black women on my shoulders, but at the same time, I feel privileged to be able to do that. There is nothing like uh, our community. Um, I wish everyone could give it a try because it's, it's, it's definitely fantastic. Um, but also, obviously, as you know, there's lots that's difficult about it, but I'm grateful to be a part of the community for sure. I'm finna re-up, press start, pick black woman, <laughs> let's go. Always, always. Always, just, I love it. Just put the quarter in, pick the black woman, that's me. <laughs> right? You mentioned, I, like I said, we're going to get to the year in a second, but I, I, I just, oh man, like this, like, ah, it's so good. The <laughs> You mentioned the activism and exhaustion. And, and you and I both walk through a really tough 18 months uh-huh. being in our skin, being in our personhood, uh-huh. be experienced differently because we see things from a different angle, but the, the story and the experience and the pain is very, very, very similar. Uh-huh. You're in a position where anybody can somehow get to you if you have an opinion that is not status quo, if you will. Right. right. That is not the typical evangelical sort of bend. Mm-hmm. And they forget that while you're also a woman of faith, you also happen to be a person of color as well. You also happen to be a black woman. Mm-hmm. Right. You 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 come from a country that experiences this and you live in a country that experiences this. Right. People forget forget that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Colonizers be colonizing. If I if I if I, if I could say that, right? You know, oh, what, yeah. you know, you know, it's you know what I'm saying. More covert in England than it is in Canada, but it certainly is there, and it's rampant. <laughs> just just because you have Stormzy and and Dave and Grime, and it's on the radio and stuff like that, doesn't mean nothing, right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You get me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, what was it like over the last eighteen months from March, Ahmad Aubrey? Breonna Taylor, mm-hmm. George Floyd, Christian Cooper, um, the amount of protests that took place all all last summer, election in, in the States and how that fed into Canada. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, you are a host, writer, producer of a, of a popular, influential children's show. Right. On, on a well-known network. So your face is seen, right? Your face is seen. There are people who would speak to you like they know you, even though they don't know you. True. (laughs) Right? And you have a phone in your hand or you have a a laptop in front of you and you have a Twitter open or you have an Instagram open or a Facebook open. And you're like, "I, I need to use my platform to say the following. Right. Knowing... People people want smoke, even though they don't know that they don't want smoke. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like for you? Because you mentioned the, the 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 carrying, the blessed burden of carrying the culture. Blessed burden, blessed burden. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what that's essentially what it is. It's it's a gift and a curse. It's yeah. it's bittersweet to have the experience and the responsibility of, but then have the experience and the responsibility of. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh-huh. So what was that like for you? in the last year of, of sort of carrying, carrying that, what were some, some highlights? What were some, some lowlights that you experienced? Yeah, it was, um, there were many phases of it for sure. 
I would say um, when I guess March between March and May, that moment, I was very, very silent online on purpose. I was very kind of shell-shocked and I'd never really experienced that before because um, Michael Che said it best, but being a black person is like being the wise old person who's been in prison since he was 25, but he's in his 60s. And you're like, yeah, this is, this is prison. This is, this is what it's like. And then a new person comes in and goes, oh my gosh, I'm in prison. And you're like, yeah, this is what it's like. And so I experienced racism in such a way that um, this new feeling was so obscure to me. I, I just wasn't sure how to handle it. And then on top of that, all of my brothers and sisters of color were also like, sorry, of color, black. Black brothers and sisters were also going through it too. And we were all responding to it so differently. And I, I, I had a, what was good about that time, being shell-shocked and being, I guess, traumatized at that time was it helped me develop a new level of grace for people and how they deal with things. Because I usually would say, um, I don't like when people go online and just spew anger without any sort of grace at all. And, but I was like, this is how people need to deal. Like, I really can't fault anyone for doing what they need to do in order to get through this traumatizing situation where the whole world is alone. And yet the whole world is dealing with it at the same time. I really don't know. I don't think I can be the person to turn around and say, you're doing this wrong. And then at the same time, I was like, uh, maybe I'm doing this wrong. So there was a whole lot of stuff that was hard at that time, but it helped me develop a different level of grace for people, which I've been grateful for over the last year, actually, because I think now there's, um, God has really used that um, in my life. However, after that, um, people started reaching out. And, you know, you've heard the stories people saying like, Oh, someone called me and they were crying saying, oh my gosh, Misha, like, I didn't know. And like, oh my goodness. And like, I don't know how to deal with this. Like all those phone calls, I got them. I got them immediately as, as, uh, as, uh, everything started blowing up. And then I got them like progressively throughout the summer. And I, I started to, um, it was the first time actually as a television producer where I shut off all notifications to everything, which I learned now is quite healthy. Because people, as you said before, people can message me directly to my cell phone in real time if they have a question about my show, whatever. But I realized that was unhealthy for me as a person. So I turned off all notifications and would pick and choose when I would go in when I was ready. Like when I was all prayed up and I was ready to receive and whether it was good or bad. And the thing about last summer and last 18 months is it's, it's been relentless. Like every murder has been, it just keeps happening again, keeps happening again. And you're trying to fight being desensitized by it because you're like, I do want to make change here and I don't want it to be, uh, I don't want this, I don't want us to consider, I don't want to consider this the status quo. I want to make change. So I felt this just constant, overwhelming emotional time all through last year that was felt very negative. Like I wasn't able to break through it. And uh, I spoke, I was living with, her, I had a roommate at the time and she's black and we were just, we gave each other freedom to be, to deal with the things in a really, organic way. Like we were like, however we need to deal right now, we're going to deal right now. And I remember I never like swore as often ever, ever in my life. Like I'd made quite a strong decision before that, like I wanted to guard my words. And then like, as soon as, I, as soon as everything happened, I was just dropping F-bombs constantly. Like it was just like, who's this girl? But it was just something that I needed to just, just to 
Get vocalize out. the anger I had, you know, and the confusion I had and just the tightness on my heart. And that was what it was for so long. And I, and I'd be honest, I work for a company that doesn't have the greatest reputation for diversity. So currently, so I was, I'm learning about, uh, you know, the church, the big C church community. And I've only been at this job this now two and a half years, but being at a company where I'm the only black director, I'm sitting there and there's 57 of us, I think. And I'm seeing these meetings and I'm, I'm holding back tears of anger and anguish when we start off the meeting and we pray and no one mentions anyone who's died over the, you know, all these things. And we did like a diversity and equity meeting and I sat in that meeting shaking and I was like, I don't even know what's happening to me. And it was just all new, all new. And I turned to two of my mentors at the time and, um, that's when they told one of them told me, you don't have to be a lion today. At that moment, I felt free to like actually lean on God. It sounds weird. It's like you should just go to God when things are really hard. But it was almost like I was too angry to talk to him mm. for a really long time. So I finally had a moment to just say, okay, God, like wherever this prayer is going to lead me. And sometimes when you pray, it just, everything all comes out. you got boogers coming out your nose. You're like, it's just horrible. And you feel weak and tired and hungry. You know, you've just been praying like so hard. And I was like, this is going to, I'm going to have to just do this. And it's just going to be how it goes. And so I did that and I just kind of let it all out. And um, I realized that I had to be, I wanted to speak on what was happening. And I did. Um, but it took me, what month is now? We're in June? July. July. Last month, June, that I really spoke up and said something. Because I would say little things here and there, but I hadn't really finally got back to a point where I could hear what God was saying that Misha Lorraine Watson needed to say. Because mm. I can't stand when I'm saying something that's already been said. I'm like, he's given me a specific message to share in my voice, with my opinions and my heart and my emotion, I have to share it honestly. And it took me a full, more than a year to be able to say something where I felt like, huh, you know, I spent a lot of time um, just dealing with my emotions with God. And I'm so grateful I had the time to do that. And that with my job, they gave me the opportunity to be able to take time. And I was honest with them. I was like, look, this isn't the time. I had opportunities to speak that I turned down. I had opportunities to right that I turned down blogs to be a part of a conference that I got to meet you at. And they were like, do you want to speak? I said, I'm not ready. I'm not there. But Pastor Chris Chase was there. Let's you know what go. I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, I hear but you. I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Like, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't my time yet. There were people who were, who were, who were on the platforms doing the work that God had called them to do at that time. And so I learned it wasn't my time to do that. Now is my time to do that. So I'm comfortable being open and honest about what I felt for the last year and a half today. But if you asked me a year and a half ago, you would have got a whole different woman. You would have to censor it. You'd have to censor right. this no, whole message. So yeah. No, I, I like the, the, the statement that stood out to me was tears of anger and tears of anguish. Mm. Like, I, cause I understand that, right? The, the holding in, right? Yeah. And we all hold in for different reasons. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yep. I don't want, like, it's different for me because the angry black woman comes off as a B. Mm -hmm. The angry black man comes off as a thug. 
Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. The emotional, whatever, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's my own podcast. I probably could have sworn, but I didn't. So I, I, I couldn't <laughs> take in the leap. I didn't. So it's too late now. To, to, to jump back on and swear afterwards is just, is just kind of too on the nose. But yeah. You know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying, right? Like, and so to, to sit in, in meetings and to have all of that sort of inside you mm-hmm. and, and to have the, the forbearance, such an old word mm. to recognize, not yet, not yet, not yet. That takes a lot of grace because anybody, like my personality would be like, man, forget this. Let me tell you something. <laughs> and then it's like, black man, how's the comedy show? See <laughs> we. CV24 and I'm like, oh, I don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> while, while I'm yelling in a Walmart for no reason at some cashier, <laughs> right? So to have the forbearance to to feel the sting and the saltiness of those tears and Ooh. then to still wait it out to be able to to know what, what Misha would say now yeah. is incredible because no one no one prepares any of us for what we went through. We all have, our parents each told us different things about the black experience. Yeah. And I'm sure that we can each say, did your parents, did your mom say this? Did your, did your, did your did they say this? Did they say this? Did they say this? And we're like, oh no, they didn't say this, but they said something similar too, right? We, we have that similar experience, but no one prepared us for what we just went through and what we're still kind of going through. No one prepared yeah. us for the open hostility of of opinion, no one prepared us for how to handle various words being thrown or veiled threats being said. No one prepared us for that. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to have the grace to be able to say, this is the time that I'm gonna say something. I I, I applaud that because there's no, there's no, if I look back on it, I think I got myself in trouble expecting that every per every black person was going to say something. And now I look back going, no, 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 no. That'd be like saying like, if someone passes away, we're all going to deal with grief and be fine at the same time. No, it's impossible, right? Like we're all going to get to it at different points and we're all going to use our various platforms to be able to say something. Some people's platforms are never going to be online. Some people's platforms are going to be in their neighborhood. Right. And just because I don't see it on Instagram, which, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, they're, 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 they're liars at times because just because I don't see it there doesn't mean that it's that, that, that person isn't saying something or feeling something. And so if I'm looking back on it myself, like I wish, man, I wish I'd taken, I wish I'd taken every speaking thing that I, that I had taken. I wish I'd paused a little bit. I wish I'd taken some time to actually grieve and not work through grief. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, like, you know, what's funny though. Cause I say that, you know, cause I followed you for a really long time and I, I'm sorry about that. I'm just, no, I'm, just, so I'm, 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 I'm just a meme guy. I'm just a meme guy at this point. <laughs> no, but I have to say that, um, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe you working through it uh, out loud in front of everyone. Wasn't, uh, maybe that wasn't the best decision for you. However, I think what you did was so important for me because I needed someone to be saying something for my own healing Mm. Like I still needed someone to be fighting at that same time. Like I still needed to see Yeah, it. okay, I get you. I get you. And so I, you. I would have felt like um, probably more pressure if I didn't hear what you were saying. And also because of what you say and what happens on the House of Commons show, everyone's so themselves and it feels so unfiltered that I actually have time. And actually when I watch House of Commons show, I pause it and I just talk to myself. I live, I live alone, so I just talk to myself. And I have opportunities to just think out loud of what has been said. And I'm, how do I relate to this? Do I agree with that? And I think it's just 
it was really important for me to hear the black experience in so many different kind of ways because then I can, mm. it helps me develop my own thought process. So I didn't, you know, heal from it out loud, but I'm, I'm kind of glad you did, even though it wasn't easy. I'm kind of glad that you did. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, but that that's legitimately the, the sibling experience. Mm. I'm going to watch my older sibling go through this and I'm going to learn from, from, yeah. from them. Right. Yeah. Like that's sort of, you know, um, that's you and I watching Cheryl and Maggie yeah. and, and Marcy notice mm-hmm. for those of you listening and those of you watching all black women, yes. just saying, <laughs> just saying, right. But watching, watching them in their different spheres, how they, how they communicate stuff. It's, it's, it's paying attention to how it's being done and then adapting that to how you would say it and, and, and so on and so forth. And so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that, that you have so evidently crafted your platform well to be able to make space for these things. Obviously, I wish that you never had to make space for these things. I wish right. that we, right? <laughs> like, like, yay, another, like, like, I, you yeah. wish that you'd never ever have to, like, if, and Lord haste the day sort of thing. Exactly. But in, but in the meantime, to be able to confidently know who you are, be confident in your skills, be confident in your gifts, and be confident in your voice to be able to say, this is the time. And mm-hmm. recognize that you're sitting at a table, like we all have, where you're the only or you're one of a few. And to yeah. still say like, man, I'm putting my chips on the table right now. We're going to go. If we're going to do this, we're going to yeah. do this. And if this is yeah. if this is how the story ends, then we're ending the story with the, ta- with the chips all on in the middle of the table and Mm -hmm. if this is how it continues it's still going to be all in and to to find the the confidence in in that 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 really only comes from god i Mm. i i i I applaud that i applaud that because it's more than just it's more than just somebody who produces a kid's show it's somebody who does all those sort of things but also lives out that experience in real time whether Mm. it's in front of the world on a on a social media platform or not it's still being internalized and externalizing conversations with mentors and with friends and Mm -hmm. and so i i am i'm 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 glad that you're saying something i'm i'm privileged to have been a part of that in a small way you are you are um but but to be able to carry that and to be able to teach that to, to adults who would probably never even think of this, to mm. kids who would never even think of this sort of thing. All the flowers, my friend, all Thank the flowers. Thank you. I'll take it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And now, Misha, we are, we, we finished to go time traveling. Oh yeah. If you're willing to do that with me. I'm ready to take the ride. So here's, you know, the premise of the show, I, I talked with you about it before, but for that, as somebody who's watching or listening, who's never paid attention to the Talking to Yourself podcast, we are going to go time traveling. You and I, we are going to travel in the DeLorean for Back to the Future 2. Back to the Future, the, the trilogy is one of my favorite time travel shows. I did a podcast with a friend of mine, oh, not a friend of mine, a, a, a hero of mine. And he would say that Time Cop is a better time travel show, time travel <laughs> motif. I disagree with him, even though he, I, I respect his agency. I disagree with him because Back to the Future is the template. Everything was born out of everything begat, begat, begat Back to the Future Part Two. And we are going to fly in the DeLorean. We are going to fly to the the year and time of your your choice. We're going to, to do that. We're 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 not going to do Back to the Future one where we're driving Back to the Future two because we're flying 
best line in the whole movie hey. where we are going at the end of Back to the Future 1 where we are going we don't need roads we're literally going to get up and we're going to fly somewhere and we're going to give you the opportunity to look back at a certain period time year of your life and we're going to talk a little bit about what was going on in your life what you've learned since then and then how what you would say to yourself if you had the opportunity to talk to yourself before we fly back to 2021 Ooh. you ready to go I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So we're in the car. I'm going to drive. That's okay. Not, not because of complimentaryism or whatever else. I'm just, I just, I, I'm a control freak. I like driving. I also don't have a driver's license, even though I know we're flying, but I don't have a driver's license. So Boom. I definitely don't have a pilot's yeah, license. And, so and, and we, and we don't want to get pulled over. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. So, so I'm punching in the year. What year are we? What year are we putting into the car? What year are we putting into in, into the in the time capsule? It's not far back. 2018. 2000. Okay, we're just around the we're just around the corners. 2018. We are now flying. So it's not too long ago. But what do you remember that was going on in the world in 2018? Like, what was what was what was a song that you were into? What was a movie that you were into? All that sort of stuff. It's not too far back. Like, I mean, it's it's literally oh like Wikipediaable. <laughs> Well, actually, so 2000, around that time, I stopped listening to new music and I was really on soundtracks. Okay. So it's all about nostalgia. So even to this day, I'm not someone who's like super excited about the next drop from an artist. I'm always excited about re-listening to something that felt great at that time. So actually at that time, I was listening to the Step Up soundtrack, which has, um, if you remember, Chameleonaire. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They see me so, rolling. Pablo, yeah. PD Pablo, Sierra. Oh. That's kind of what I was listening to in 2018. <laughs> PD, I haven't heard the name PD Pablo in so long. That being said, I literally, I just put together a 2000, this is so random. I put a 2000, 2010 R&B a playlist. Oh. I, I made one and like, and I forgot how many hits Sierra had. Uh-huh. She still I, has it. I, she still does. But like, like, um, one, two step mm. was a, it, it's still a banger. It's, yeah. it's, 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 as you would say, it's a tune. It's yeah, a tune. It's a tune. It's a tune. <laughs> All right. So step up, step up. That's what you're listening to. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely it. Um, and, and as I said too, like when it comes to new TV shows and things like that, I don't even remember what movies were out that time. I wish I had like, like thought about it, but I don't have which movie I was listening to at that or watching at that time. I, I, I literally don't, it's probably, you know, we'll just say something Marvel because they have movies all the time. We'll say something Marvel. It might be something Marvel, but here's the thing. I'm a romantic comedy person. Oh, okay. And I have a feeling, I'm not certain, but I think Crazy Rich Asians came out around, or was it after that? I don't remember, I, but that it, was it's, like... It's either I, 18 or 19. It's either 18 yeah. or 19. It's either 18 or 19. I'm a rom-com person, so anything to do with romance and comedy and maybe a little bit of action, probably a Fast and Furious movie was probably my favorite movie at that time because it's always been my favorite movie. Is just a Fast and Furious movie, not necessarily the specific one. Just the, I consider Fast and Furious to be its very own genre of ridiculousity, and I don't drive, so it seems realistic to me. Um, and so, <laughs> and so, um, Boston Furious, whichever one that came out at that time and the romantic comedy of that year, which may have been Crazy Rich Agents or it was, um, To All the Boys, maybe that was 2019, but yeah, those movies were my moment. You, you, you know what's stronger than romantic comedies? What? Family. Family! <laughs> I will never, I will never deny myself 
putting a Fast and Furious family <laughs> reference into anything for the rest of my life. I will I find it. a way. If I will find a way, if I never speak again, if I have one more opportunity to speak somewhere, I will drop. You know what's more important than blah 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 blah. Family. blah. What family? Family. <laughs> family. Team Toretto. There's one more thing I w- always wanted to have the opportunity to respond to, which is when, uh, or say, it was when uh, Dom says, this is Brazil. <laughs> and I just like, well, no, I don't know. How can I work it into conversation? I'm hoping like on my next date, I'll be asked a question like, oh, where would you like to travel next? And then I'll be able to say, this is Brazil, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. But I want to say that line too. <laughs> yo, I'm, yo, I, 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 the, 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 the what you say, what you say, the ridiculosity? Yeah, ridiculosity. Like of the Fast and Furious movies is like beyond anything. I I have no comprehension because <laughs> I remember like this has nothing to do with what we we're talking about. Second, but like <laughs> like I remember seeing the first two, and then seeing Tokyo Drift, and then the next one. I'm and I'm going, what in the world is happening? Mm-hmm. What like what happened to just racing cars? <laughs> <laughs> and like and like every like and the fact that like people like it's it's like you're right it's its own genre yeah, like there's yeah. nothing there is nothing like it mm-hmm. on the planet like the only like it's 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 gonna be 10 movies deep they're gonna yeah, they're, yeah. like like they're literally you're gonna turn on the mcu next whatever the next movie is and somehow dom Terrell is gonna be punching thanos in the face going you know it's stronger <laughs> than thanos what family, family. <laughs> yeah. and no one's and no one's gonna be like well that's odd that's weird <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. I'd be like, yeah, of course. So, of course, Dom Toretto would be driving a car into like into like a Avengers headquarters and just yeah. kind of walking away. Yeah, of course, of course, exactly. with with a gigantic safe behind him that he stole money from. Yes, just going in the wind. <laughs> no one's gonna. No, I was gonna be like, yeah, like Iron Man's gonna be like, yeah, that makes sense. What was that? Oh, mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he stays upstairs with his crew. Definitely, definitely. Oh. All right, so <laughs> we've wandered off a little bit. So 2018, mm-hmm. Fast and Furious, rom-com movies, all that stuff. Fast and Furious, families and Pablo. Mm-hmm. Petey Pablo, Sierra, R&B is King, all that sort of stuff. What is going on in your life some three years ago that you want to visit back? What's okay, going on in your so, life? Okay, so... In the beginning of 2018, I was working at YTV. I was in uh, what I didn't know to be my final year there. I was very, very, very poor. <laughs> I was, uh, I believe I was, yeah, I had roommates at the time. Oh, no, I didn't have roommates at the time. I had one roommate at the time. I um, was fasting at the beginning of the year at my church. I had just gotten out of a relationship. He still came to my church. You can imagine what that was like. Ox. Ox, hardcore. Especially since he prays very loudly and we were oh. at the same prayer meeting. No names. Um, he, wa- so he, wa- was- he wanted to know, he wanted you to know that he was there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's, that's yeah. yeah. He also yeah, claps he- really loud during prayer. And I was, I was like, <laughs> dude, like, why are you clapping? <laughs> Like, he can hear you. It's fine. Like, God can hear you. You don't need to. <laughs> I was salty. Yo, like, fam, I amicably, but I was definitely like, why are you being so loud? <laughs> I really hope he hears this and he gets to me so I can be like, yo, bro, why are you clapping so loud? I just want to be able to like, I want to be like, yo, big bro. Yo, bro. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, yo, listen, listen, listen. I don't even know you, fam. But like, 
You got to calm that down. You got to calm, calm that down. Calm it down. Calm Just, it down. We get it. He, he gets it oh. and we get it. Yes, exactly. Um, so that was where I was at beginning of uh, so January 2018. And I was reading my diary, as I said, and that's why I know these things to be quite accurate. In March, I was invited to the Canadian Screen Awards. And for those of you who don't know, those are the Emmys of Canada, so the Television Awards of Canada. And with my uh, other cohorts at YTV, we got to present an award. I rented a dress um, for pretty good price, but the actual dress was worth $6,000. I had a necklace worth like $4,000 that I borrowed from a jewelry maker. I got my hair done. I got my nails done, makeup professionally done, everything. I was wearing like five-inch heels. I'm 5'11", so I was like, above above the crowd at that moment. And um, and I went to the awards and I felt like the absolute bell of the ball. Like I got more compliments than I've ever received in my life. I felt like so beautiful, so confident, so talented. Just, I felt, I was, feel, I was, I was feeling myself. That's it. I was feeling myself at that, that, that night. And the next day at like, I don't know, 6.30 in the morning, I trekked over to my job at Good Life Fitness and I was clean. I was looking up at the screen. I always have TVs at Good Life and I could see myself on TV because I was in the Saturday morning show. And then the end of the shift, I went down to the men's locker room to clean up and picked up dirty towels. And I remember holding one towel thinking like, what is my life? <laughs> the day before I could be on national television in this like $10,000 outfit and like just the world at my feet. And then the next day I was, um, I just felt, I was humbled, very humbled. Mm. And now that I see in that specific time, I realized how much God was not a part of my decision-making or my, the way I saw myself or my identity. It wasn't God's, God's, um, didn't have much say in the way I saw myself at that time. I was like, I'm a Christian. I love God. I'm fasting, whatever, whatever. But um, I didn't feel like God was a guiding light in my life at that time. I'm more of a part of my identity that I would call out. And, you know, I went to church and I was serving on team, but it was kind of passive. Um, and literally from the day after the CSAs until almost the end of the year, everything started going wrong. So... I, um, at the beginning of the year, I said I was fasting, but the couple months before that I was dealing with, um, I had ended a relationship and I gained a bit of weight and I felt like, Oh, I don't want this ex to see me like this. Mm. So I ended up like working out like crazy and I would no joke say his name as I lift reps. Like this is the kind of thing you write in your book. I can't believe I did it, but it made sense to me at the time. I was like, I'm just going to say his name. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I did, I gained a bunch of muscle. I lost a bunch of weight. And then we went into the fast and I'm reading my diary and realizing that I was actually struggling with, um, eating, not eating and sorry, fasting and dieting. Like I actually thought they were one and the same at the time. And I remember going to one prayer meeting and a girl turned to me and goes, Oh my gosh, Misha, where is the rest of you, honey? And I felt so, uh, you know, um, uh, seen. I was like, yes, she knows I've lost this weight, which makes me better. And then obviously CSAs happens and all this stuff happens. And I was like, oh my goodness, like everything's falling apart. As I said before, I had no money. The tax man was coming for me. I was going through a situation similar to our Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I didn't learn how to do my taxes before I became a freelance actor. And eight years had caught up with me. And so I was really struggling financially to the point where 
um, if I found a dollar on the road, I would cry. Like I was like very much needed money. And I remember borrowing money from my younger brother for groceries and really having to, I didn't want to turn to my parents at the time because it helped me so much financially. So I was just dealing with all this stress and there's pages and pages of my diary where I was just dealing with financial stress and burden and hyperventilating and not being able to sleep and all these different kinds of things. And so I said, okay, Misha, like I've got to make a change. And so I went to my boss at my YCB and I was like, I really want to be a producer. And, you know, I won't speak to why that didn't happen beyond the fact that they just didn't think I had the talent to be able to pull it off. And so I wasn't able to get any work done there. I wasn't able to get any work there to make more money or to kickstart my career. And I just felt really lost. And I wrote pages and pages of pages of how much I felt like, um, why God? Like, why am I here, God? And this doesn't feel right, God. And then it brings me to this kind of special place where I knew that God was doing something, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And it was like this bubbling. And it's similar to where I am now in this new phase where I feel like, God is teaching me so much right now that he's telling me to pay attention, like pay attention to the sadness you feel, the anger you feel, mm. the confusion that you feel, the worry that you feel. Every moment you hyperventilate, like take note, take stock of everything you're going through right now. The moments when you feel like super glamorous and feel like um, you're the queen of the world, ask where I am in that, you know, like really check yourself. And I, I spent a lot of time in that doing that. I mean, I was poor, so I wasn't going anywhere. So I had opportunity to like really say, okay, God, like, let me spend time with you. Uh, it's really easy to pray when you're poor because you have no money for platforms, <laughs> like, no money for anything. So you're like, I can't go to the movies. I guess I'm open my Bible. Like, you know, and so that was happening. And so, um, I made a huge choice in, I think it was October and I have a video on Instagram about it actually. And I said, I'm going to go to school because my late grandfather said, um, education is one thing no one can ever take away from you. And so I was like, I'm going to go to school. So I'm telling you, Chris, I had enough money for rent and then like life money, which wasn't much more. And I took every piece of my life money. I'm talking like cell phone bill, hydro bill, food, everything. And I went into my overdraft and I paid for school. I wow. went to the liaison for independent filmmaking in Toronto and I took classes in web series development, production, all this type of stuff. Now I'm still dealing with all this insecurity about my body and my um, career and finances and all these things, but I still knew I had to make a step out. I was like, I have to step out in this. Like, I think I'm supposed to do something. I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed to do. And I was like, the only way I could do that is if I listen to God. And God was just saying like, it's time for you to prepare yourself for the blessing that you're about to receive. And that's literally what I have on my fridge right now, because he's told me that again. Um, but prepare yourself for the blessing you're about to receive. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to school. So I went to school. I would walk from like one side of Toronto up to the Dufferin and Dupont, which is where the classes were. I was sick some days. I would go in. It didn't matter. I was so determined. Not like when I'm going to the gym now, when I'm like, I don't feel like it. Back then it was like, no, 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 I'm going to classes. So I went to classes I had good and bad experiences while I was there, but I learned so much. And then after that, I started getting opportunities to work on um, shows, like music videos and stuff like that. People who wanted a production coordinator or a produ producer or whatever. And I started doing these little pieces. And I was like, okay, okay. But I'm still so broke that like even going to these auditions and commercials and, and uh, sorry, producing things. I was walking in the winter. I was like wearing like three different coats to get there. Like I just, I just was confident that I had to prepare myself and develop more skills in this area 
in these areas. But I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, I was still at the same job. I didn't know how I was going to get a new job again. I was like, I just have to prepare. So to kind of like round up the story here, I went to that school for a couple of months and then I got an interview at Crossroads. And while I was there, I met the CEO at the time and she said, do you want to pitch a TV show? And I was like, bah! <laughs> also, that doesn't happen in TV. No one go. It doesn't have. It, like, no one has that dream story of like someone said, "Can you pitch a show?" Maybe it's like, "Tell me what you think about um, TV these days," and then somehow it gets to, mm-hmm. "Can you pitch a show?" But rarely does someone turn to you and say, "Would you want to have some money to make a TV show?" That never happens, and that's what happened to me. And a couple of months later, I actually learned from when I was told I was not talented enough. And instead of pitching one TV show, I pitched three. I was like, you are not going to turn me down. And I went to the pitch meeting in the January of 2019. It got greenlit a couple of months later. I left my job at YTV and started making Hey Nisha. And although I don't, I don't think it's the best to tell a story by saying it was bad and then it was good because sometimes it's bad for a really long time. And sometimes you never see why you went through this bad thing. And not every story ends with a bow on top. But for me, 2018 was a moment where I genuinely felt like God was like, this is what I'm saying. I need you to do this thing. Trust that you're hearing me do this thing because I have a blessing on the way because regardless of what I went through that year, that blessing was always coming, Mm -hmm. but I was prepared now. So that for me was a year that I look back on and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. (laughs) That was a lot. She came, she came with three in the chamber. She came with three. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't denying this. Y'all ain't denying this. So, so um, you go through, you know, jet, like literally like, like March to January, right? Yeah. This nine month spring to, to winter, which is so poetic, right? Spring yeah. is spring is birth and fall and winter is the death of something to prepare for new life to come. It was really poetic, right. poetic in, in that regard, but it's kind of hard to see that mm. in, in, in the midst when you're walking the streets of Toronto. Yeah. Right. You know, like, man, you got, you got a bus pass. No, I'm a walk. I'm a walk. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I love cardio. I'm, I'm good. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Right. I'll, don't mind me. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'll walk. You won't have a car. You can't drive me. Okay. I'll walk. Right. Like, like walk me through a little bit of, of, of late twenties Misha's thought process as she's walking down the street, as she's walking to these places to maybe just get enough to get by onto the next thing. You know what I mean? Like walk yeah. me through a little bit of like what, like th- what she's processing as she's walking. I'm really curious about that. Yeah, I think, um, as I said before, I was ignoring all negative thoughts that I was never going to make it at that time as well. And so I was just so determined to, to show up and to do. I never wanted to slow down. The thing is, is that there were, there were moments where I, I felt less than and embarrassed and I didn't want to be pitied. And so, wow, am I getting emotional? That's weird. Um, although not weird, very natural and normal for me. But um, yeah, where I felt kind of embarrassed that I was so poor and yet I was on national television. 
And there were times when um, someone would send me a message and I couldn't afford to open it because it was data. Like it would be a long picture or something. And I was like, I can't afford that. So I'm sorry. Can you tell me what you wrote in that? Um, Des- describe, time- <laughs> describe the picture to me. Describe the picture to me. Describe the picture to me. What was the sky um, like? <laughs> so, you know, and um, but then I, you know, didn't want to fully explain to people why that was the case. Because I was like, I'm so, uh, you know, I don't have the money at this time. And I remember going to yeah, YTV and they would give us a uh, clothing allowance and I was like, if you don't buy me pants, I'm wearing these ripped ones for the rest of the year. You know, like it was just situations like that and how I felt was so hard. However, I had this special story of one of my best friends, Esther, who, no, I'm not doing a Bible story. Like literally her name is Esther. And she, um, she said, oh, sorry, I, I decided to walk to church. I had a, had a toonie or a token, sorry, I had a token to get to church. And I was like, I'm going to walk to church and use the token to get home. And I'm walking the church. I get there, I do everything. And then I'm going to leave. And as I, I'm leaving, I'm like, okay, this is going to be my token. Oh no, 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 no. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. That's what it was. I had cash. I had 275, which I think it would cost back then, which is crazy because now it's like 325, but 275 to get, it's like nuts. Uh, Hello Toronto. But 325 is what I had in cash. Right. And I said, I'll use that cash when I'm going home. But when I get to church, I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to put it in the offering plate. And this story has come up for so many people. But I wasn't the person that's like, I'm hearing you, Lord. This is the moment for me to sacrifice. Yes, Lord. And I dropped the cash in. No, 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 no. I let the thing pass me. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And at the end of church, I was like, oh, oh. And then I put it in the offering plate. I'm not going to pretend like I was that godly woman who said, yes, I heard it first time. It was good. I was like, I had to a couple times. I put it in the offering plate. And I'm going to leave. And my friend Esther, she says, hey, Misha, let's go for lunch. Now, you already know I got no money, right? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to, like, save money now, you know, like, stay so ready. You, you straight up lying. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't have any money to save. And she says, but it's like, literally, the shame I'm going on me and this embarrassing right. thing. Right, now I hear you. Everyone yeah. says to me, oh, hey, Misha, I saw you on YTV. Hey, Misha, I saw you on the CSA. It's like, all these kind of things are happening. And I'm like, can't afford to, you know, save any money out of no money to save. And so she goes, go to lunch. It's like, no, 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 it's on me. I'm like, what? Okay. Now being the, you know, Jamaican born woman I am, I want to be, um, um, what's the word? Courteous. So I don't want to order like a big old sandwich and like a drink and whatever, whatever. So I just order a croissant. She's like, are you kidding me? She's like, let's get like ham and cheese sandwich and a chocolate croissant and a cup of tea. I was like, really? Okay. We buy all the stuff, we're eating it. And, um, and then we're finished. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to walk home now kind of thing. And she turns and she goes, hey, can I give you a ride? Like, you don't live far from me. So you're trying to tell me, I don't have any, any food at home to be eating right now. And you are going to buy me this big lunch. It's going to carry me for a while. And now you're going to take me home. And I got to serve. I got to give at church. I got to sacrifice, which is a blessing to be able to do. What? And I just broke down in the coffee shop. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea. I have no money right now. And, da, 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 da. and she was like, really? Oh my gosh, like, I had no idea. She prays to me in that moment. Uh, and I, I just like go, oh my gosh, God, like how could I, I should be more honest about my plight because then people will really see how you work. And like, this is an opportunity to really show how miraculous you are. Because if she had no, t- in the beginning, um, well, maybe I wouldn't even realize how special he was if I mm. told her. But now I can tell that story and people go, oh my gosh, like I remember you in that time. Like I had no idea. 
So I'm going to, so it's, it, I've learned in that moment to continue to share that part of my story. But during that same time, when I would walk to auditions and things like that, I would also find $20 bills. I would, it was crazy. Okay. I would walk and I would see a $20 bill. I'd see a $1 bill. And it was like uh, uh, the water during a marathon run. Like God was like, I got you, I got you, I got you. And it wasn't like it was a hundred dollar bill. Like twenty dollars doesn't go very far in Toronto. It gets you like a patiano bigger, but it doesn't get you super far. But at the same time, it was like, wow. A cocoa bread, a cocoa bread. A cocoa Easy. bread, you know? Easy. <laughs> and I was saving the crusts, because the crust is the important part for like, you know, maybe breakfast or something, have pretend like it's like a hash brown, you know. And so You know you've won when I throw my hat. You know you've won when I throw my hat. You've won. You've won me. You've won me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and so it was just kind of a special time for me where I was literally, I felt like I was connected at the hip with the Holy Spirit because um, I had to pray for everything. I had to pray that um, I had enough money in my wallet when I went to look to get on this train. I had an audition once in Kingston. How am I going to get to Kingston? And I found like just enough money to get there. And then when I arrived, they had craft services. So what did I do? I packed my bag full of chips and all this kind of stuff. Usually there were just all these opportunities within that year where God was like, I have got you. And I'm not talking like five years from now. I'm talking like today. I'm talking like you'll forget to eat for lunch because I'm going to serve you a buffet at dinner. Like he was just, the Holy Spirit was just so close to me Mm. in that time. And uh, it's like, sometimes I think back and I'm like, man, like, I can only say this now that I'm like fully out of that situation, praise God. But I can look back and say how much a blessing it was to develop my faith the way that I did and the trust in God the way that I did during that time. So this is the this is the part of the show. Mm. This is the part of the show. We've looked back a little bit. We've looked forward a little bit. And now you get the opportunity to look yourself three years ago, Misha, in the eye. Now, this is where a guest of said that Time Cop is better than Back to the Future because in Time Cop, you can actually talk to the person that from, from your past or future. You just can't touch them. Okay. Whereas in Back to the Future, it, to talk to them can destroy the space-time continuum. So which I is will, more accurate. Which is in my mind, but whatever, right? I, I got to acknowledge that he said that, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. He ruined the premise of my show. It's fine. But... <laughs> Whatever. It's, you know, whatever. It's, I'm not bitter about that at all. Whatever. <laughs> at all, at all, at all. He's way more famous than me. He can do a whole bunch more damage to my life, but I'm not going to argue about <laughs> it. But before we get in, before we get in the car and we, we drive slash fly back off to, to this time, 2021, you get the opportunity to talk to you, right? You get the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to see this, this young woman who the world thinks everything is fine, right? The, the world sees on TV. Yeah. Right, right. The you know the world sees oh YTV like that's like listen like I'm 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 a little bit older than you so I remember when YTV actually started in Canada. Hey. I literally remember this the the commercials for it and like the Monday morning where like like I wow. remember like being excited for you can't do that on television starting and being like I can do that. Who's that last more set? Oh, that's last more set. Whatever, whatever. Because she was on that show. She was on the show at the beginning, right? I have no idea. Yeah, Alasmore set was on your Canada television before she became her. Isn't her, right? But all those sort of things. And so like the the notoriety of being on television, all sort of mm-hmm. stuff, and everyone thinking that everything's great. And meanwhile, you're like, everything's not, but I can't share that with the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you know now, knowing the story that you've shared now, overseeing the faithfulness of God. 
what do you say to that young woman? What do you what, what what would you say to her? What was it? Go be a couple of things that you say to her before we 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 get back into the car, and then I let you drive because why not? Why not? Who cares? Why not? <laughs> yeah, go nuts. Um, Family. That's, yeah, that's me driving. For those of you who are listening and not watching, that was me driving a car, which yeah, looks like very, I'm just kind of I don't know dancing. You're, you're, I don't know. You're, it's dancing or you're milking a cow. Like milking either one cow. of them is yeah. not is not good. But you know you know it's you know it's stronger than fear. Family. <laughs> family, family. <laughs> we have to end this podcast on that we have to we on have that to. oh yeah oh no don't worry i already have i, ha- I already have the line in my head i don't oh, worry i'm good keep it up amazing yeah amazing yeah oh i mean it's so funny because i look back and i think okay i wouldn't want to interrupt so i'm not a time cop person i definitely wouldn't want to interrupt the, the time continuum because i'm a flash girl like i like watching um cw's the flash yep. and i wouldn't want to interrupt also because as i said it's been a the bedrock of trusting in god um, I had a story from when I was younger of the bedrock of why I believe prayer is real. I have a story that built the bedrock of now why I should trust in God and believe in his faithfulness. And if I could tell the girl the day after the CSA, so the moment of picking up the dusty towels in the good life fitness gym and feeling so low and having feeling like I had just ended another relationship. So I'm that much further away from marriage and family and all that. And then I'm also so poor financially and I it seems like a too big of a weight for me to ever carry and then also on top of that feeling like people who are who are working with me aren't supporting me being able to grow and to blossom in this career I would tell her um and this is something I learned after that was God is good and not a good person God is good incarnate um, because I, I, I felt like, I felt like, um, he's good. And so things are going to happen that are nice, but I never thought miracles are going to happen to me. Things that I couldn't foresee myself. Like I'm a producer, so I can see things like five steps ahead, five steps back. I'm always like planning ahead, deciding what's most efficient. And in those times I literally couldn't see how I was going to get out of this. Like I had a huge debt, Chris, like humongous debt. And I was like, I'm not making enough to eat. Like, how could I possibly pay this thing? And I was like, and I remember the, the stress and the pompatating of the heart, you know, and everyone around me not knowing. And so for me, I had to remember first that God is good. Um, and I had to, I wish I would tell her to say it out loud and until it feels true. Because mm-hmm. it is true and it is factual. But I needed to say it to believe it. And I, I wish I had said it. I wish I had said it because I think it would have just given me that much more confidence moving through. I wouldn't change anything of what happened that year. However, that would have definitely given me a lot more peace. Mm. Um, I think I would have thought about peace more. I would say, Misha, think about peace, like acknowledge peace. Uh, don't be forced into silence with God. Uh, take time in silence with God, like look forward to it. Build a, build a path to enjoying calm with God. Um, also, I would say, tell someone. Mm. I spent a lot of time by myself. I like, I like spending time by myself, but um, I spent a lot of time by myself because I didn't want to tell someone what was going on. So I would lie a lot. I would lie and I would say stuff like, oh, I can't make it. And really, I just don't have the money. And I would say, oh, I'm not really hungry when I just didn't have the money. And these things are happening so much because I had this identity confusion i thought i was just this ytv host because that's what everyone told me hey ytv hey ytv and i thought that's who i was i wouldn't be able to deal with people saying hey misha now which is the name of my show if you guys don't know 
Um, hey, let's go P- promote is- <laughs> that. Promote that. What would do with people seeing me as a kids TV host on Hey Misha if I hadn't dealt with the YTV identity thing years before? So I had to realize there was more to me than what I do. Mm. And I would like to tell her that. I would like to t- say there's more to you than what you do. Um, and as far as finances go, finances, you will never have enough money. I'll tell you that much. You'll never have enough money. Because I always felt like, oh, if I just won five grand, I'd be cool for like three months, you know, or whatever. I'd always think, I'd think that way. And I've learned today, now that I have a salary, I'm like, oh no, like if I had more, I'd buy a house. And if I had more, I'd go traveling. And if I had more, and it's like, there's always this thing that you feel like if you have more money, then you can be at more at peace, but it doesn't come from money. Mm. It doesn't come from money. And in fact, being, not having money led me closer to God. So I guess to know that you'll never have enough money. So I guess do what you can with what you have, but at the same time, acknowledge that it isn't the be all and end all. And, um, and yes, those are the things I would say there. And then also this is something we haven't spoken about, but because I had finished that relationship the year before in 2018, um, I wanted someone to, I wanted a teammate. I felt like I was alone in a lot of it. Like, especially as an actor, you're in a position by yourself. You know, you're, you're interviewing people alone. You are on that set by yourself. I remember sitting on sets and like, uh, the director's there, the producer's there, everyone's surrounding you, but no, you're all alone, you know? And if you mess up a line, there's no one there to tell you like, don't worry, we should got that. Like you're by yourself. And I felt like, I wish I had known, like, I'm not alone. Like, just knowing that God has, like, I can instantly talk to him. Like, it's so funny because I, I was a Christian then, but for some reason I just mm. had this feeling like I was by myself. Like I couldn't turn to him and be vulnerable with him. And I wish I had done that because I would have had, I would have been more present in opportunities where anxiety took over, you know, just sitting on a set. I remember sitting on a set in Vancouver. And that's another thing too. I was traveling a lot. So it looked like I had money, but I was poor. And I'm sitting in Vancouver on a set for lactate ice cream, my mom's favorite commercial of mine. Let's go. And I messed up a line or something like that. And I think was, my line was like, mm, good, like something silly like that. But I said it wrong. I don't know how, but I said it wrong. And like, I felt like all, everything in me just left, every confidence left. Cause I was just like, oh my goodness, I've messed up. They flew me out here and I'm making horrible, I'm doing horribly. And I wish I had known in that moment that I could have just prayed you know, I could have prayed. And I think also, um, I would say you have the confidence to speak up for yourself in that situation too, because when you're dealing with people, um, when you're dealing with, when you're on set, you kind of feel like, uh, you're not able to speak up for yourself because you're just the talent and there's like a director and a producer and all these money-making people. And then there's you, the talent. And I couldn't speak up for myself. So I wish I had said, Hey guys, can I have a moment? I would have gone and prayed. I would have come back. I would have had more peace. I would have enjoyed the experience more. Uh, but on that same tangent of teammates, um, because I'm single and I've dreamed about being a wife for my whole life and having a teammate and being a mom and all those kind of things, because I had ended this breakup and now I'm dealing with all these different things, I hated my singleness. I truly was like, get the away from me. And I wish I could tell myself then, it's not always going to feel like that. You're not always mm. going to hate your singleness because today I appreciate my singleness and I love my relationship with God in the way it is now. I truly feel so honored to be able to be single in this time and to be able to grow in the way that I'm growing. 
and to, I don't know, I'm just like a daughter of Christ and I feel like hugged by him and I'm in an envelope of God, just me. And I feel honored to do that and to be there. And even though I'm allowed to have these wants to be in a relationship and to be married, but at the same time, I'm able to enjoy it as well. And when I was in 2018, I was not. I was chasing after career and money and all those things because I I was not because of, but I was also trying to quiet this, this hurt that I had, that I wasn't married yet. And I really wanted to be. And if I had learned that in 2018, then when I was 30 last year, I would have had an easier time then too, because I was like, I thought I was going to have kids by the time I was 30. Mm. And so all this stuff. So I wish I had started the process a little sooner, but at the same time, I'm grateful for the way that it went. Um, But yeah, that's what I would tell her. God is good. God is faithful. Tell someone, open up to people, be honest, be honest, be honest. And you're, you won't always feel like this. You're not always going to feel like this. You're going to go through hills and valleys and you're not always going to feel alone. And sometimes your solitude is important. Look forward to times when you can be alone with God. Um, boy, this is healing, Chris. Did you know, did you do this on purpose? Like I'm feeling good right now. I, I didn't do this on purpose, but wow. you're not the first person to tell me that that is how they feel at the wow. end of the conversation. <laughs> You're not the first person. And I was in there going like, I didn't, I didn't mean for this to happen. <laughs> that was really good. I don't know. I'm like, Phew. thank you, God. Uh, I, well, I, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that being able to time travel together for a little bit of time has allowed that sort of moment of catharsis to be able Ooh. to look back and see that you made it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like to look back and be like, no, like I'm, I'm here now. I'm doing stuff. I actually got through and it's 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 healing to be able to look back in order to look forward. You don't want to you don't want to live looking back all the time, right? Like Right. Um sometimes remember when is a low form of conversation because you have nothing else to talk about for the future. <laughs> yeah. Right? But to be able to look back and go like, "Oh man, look at look at look at what look at what God did." Some people, some people, they would replace God with themselves. I understand that right. because it's right. But, but look, look, look at what's become of my life. Look at what we were able to do. Look at what, how we were able to partner. And so yeah. to be able to provide that, that sort of moment and it will sit and watch you sort of process this in real time and yeah, watch the was. wheels sort of, watch the wheels sort of move and literally watch the producer and you sort of pr- like, like create this sort of like, this is what this is. This is, these are the five things. It has just, right. has been, I, <laughs> Ladies, I get, I get it. I get why Misha's on TV and I'm <laughs> and I'm on a backlog making a podcast. It makes sense when I watch it happen <laughs> in real time. But but you know you know you know what's greater than a podcast, Misha? What is greater than a podcast? Give it to me, Chris. Family. Family. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Misha, thank you so much for 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 your time. I, I appreciate you. I applaud you. I give you your flowers, my friend. Uh, and and I'm I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see at the end of this journal season, at the uh-huh. end of this chapter. I'm excited to. I'm excited to open up the gram and be like, oh, so we doing that now? Okay, uh-huh. bet. Uh-huh. And you're ready. And you already know that you have you have. There are there are ten ten homies from a, from a particular house. Who are fans of you? Who who champion you? Aww. And and we got you, and and we're already proud. So whatever it is, whatever it is that's next, as, as long as it's not fully illegal, 
<laughs> as long as you're not suddenly racing cars in Brazil. <laughs> but I mean, then again, if you're racing cars in Brazil, then like things have gotten re- either really bad or really, really, really good. Right? One of the two. There's no sort of like in between. It's either no. like, oh my God, we got to help her. Like, oh man, look at look at me out there being living in 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 a favela in, in Brazil is out there making it making it happen. So. Oh man, you're hilarious. That's so funny. Yeah. Thank- mm-hmm. This has been, this has been, this has been, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the time. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thanks everyone. Bye. This has been Talking to Yourself with Chris Chase. A big thanks to our guest, Misha Watson, for sharing her story with us. Check out more of her stuff on yestv.com by searching the words, Hey Misha. Our show producer and editor is Kenya Walters. Our audio producer is Ian Walters. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And when you do, please make sure to leave a five-star review to help us with our rankings. You can follow me, Chris, on all social media platforms at ThatChrisChase and on my website at ThatChrisChase.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk more next week.